Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Zone Blitz. As always, I'm Vince Miller, joined by my co-host Ashton Overholt. Ashton, we got a lot to talk about. First of all, how are you doing, sir? Fantastic. I know that if we don't really dig into this, we're going to have a tough time getting through this week. This was epic. Yeah, let's just start with Jimbo Fisher um, being fired by Texas A&M. The buyout there is $76 million or something, and the previous highest buyout anyone's ever given was something like $23 million. So this is just insane like the the amount of money that texas a&m was able to cobble together to get this done is is ridiculous um and it kind of it's it's a little bit funny because it comes off of dropping a 50 burger on mississippi state and a big like a a massive blowout for texas a&m but yeah if you step back and look at it 45 and 25 in his tenure they're not exactly getting it done for what their expectations are um what are what are your thoughts on this whole thing ashton big picture wise okay so the the previous high as far as just in terms of buyout, like the most someone had paid was Gus Malzahn when Auburn yeah. fired him. Um, and then, and that was, yeah, I think it was, I think it was 21 billion and some change. Um, this is, I think three and a half times that, like <laughs> not four times that, but I mean, darn close. And I, okay. Mon- money doesn't even matter there. Like it's just a made up statistic. And I don't yep. know I don't know if you follow European soccer. I'm not trying to lose anyone here, but there's a couple of clubs that the Saudis bought the, like the, the government or that natural, that the national fund there, they purchased um, Newcastle, they purchased PSG and pretty much their strategy after they bought these clubs is just to throw as much money at these clubs as possible. Like we're going to buy all the players. Texas A&M is that version in, I mean, they're the college football version of that. I think they have kind of unlimited money out there. It's oil money. Um, They just keep pumping more, I guess. Okay. In a weird way, just stay with me here. I kind of respect this. I like, this is a sick, this is a sick flex. If you're an A&M guy, like like we paid $76 million for our guy to not coach and like, I mean, he he took them to a New Year's Six Bowl. It's not like they were awful all the time. Um, they've had some bad years, but I mean, you know, like overall, they weren't terribly recruited well. I I don't know. I I think in in a in a weird kind of twisted way, this almost raises their ceiling. Like like I think that people will take note of this. People will take note of this. That's for sure. This is this is a big job. Like people want this job. So so Ashton, maybe you don't. Uh... Forget about what they will do. Like, what what do you think they should do? Ah, uh, okay. I again, bear with me here. Jim Harbaugh wasn't doing anything Saturday. Like, he's not <laughs> going to be doing anything the rest of the year either. Okay, Harbaugh has flirted with leaving for a couple of years for Michigan. That's nothing new. I mean, he he does that on on the regular over there, and we know he's he's got some trouble right? Kind of coming his way. Like, we'll see if after the three-game suspension happens, he was already suspended for four games to start the year. That's seven games total this year that he didn't coach or won't have coached at the end. Like, and we'll see if that's the end of it. Harbaugh would do amazing things in College Station. I I really, truly believe that. I think he would be, I think he'd be a good fit. Like, now that's probably, 
that that's a pipe dream. Like that's a long shot. I yeah, he probably goes back to the NFL before he does anything else. But I'd call him, make him tell you no. I why not? Uh, that that's a good point. You're right. Everything you said there is right. He would do a great job there. I also think it's much more likely he ends up in the NFL next year than anywhere in college other than Michigan. Um, what what else you got? Like, okay, let's, let's assume Harbaugh just said no and then and hung up the phone and, and where do you go next? Lane Kiffin, I think, would Ooh. do a tremendous job there. Lane, okay. I thought about this a lot before Kirby actually got everything turned around and started winning championships. Kirby was kind of in the same place. He could recruit very, very well. And he had great classes and you were great in the composite, but you showed up on Saturdays and it felt like you were, you kind of were, you, you, you didn't have the advantage in coaching on game days. Like the other guys were better game day coaches and, and Kirby just recruited better. That's what it was for a while. And he's changed that now, but that's what it was for a while. I was like, hang on. I really considered this in like 2019, you know, 2020, what if we fire Kirby and just bring in like a super genius play caller? Like we'll be bad in three years, but we might have a glorious run for three years and like win championships yeah. with the players that Kirby had already brought in. Like that's kind of a, I don't know. That, I've also went there. So I've been through all of this stuff, but I think, I think Kiffin with what he's doing, I mean, I think they'd be a playoff contender next year at AM. I think they I think they have that kind of talent. I mean, look what he did at, at Ole Miss. I mean, they have nowhere near that kind of talent at Ole Miss. Um do you they think actually, they would be happy with the number nine recruiting class, which is probably what he would bring in? Who, Kevin, you mean? Yeah. Like I don't think he's yeah. I don't he, he you know he calls himself the portal king and, and that's great. I don't think right. he would be quite as much of a grinder on the recruiting trail as you know, Kirby Smart, for example, or even a Jimbo Fisher has been like their their recruiting would get worse. I think their overall result would probably be better. But do you think these Texas A&M boosters that are dumping piles of cash into this program would they be okay with the number nine or the number twelve recruiting class year over year? They would be okay if it meant that they went ten and two or eleven and one. You know what I'm saying? Like, it'd be okay if you beat Alabama every now and then or LSU or, yeah, like, like that would make it a lot more okay, you know, real fast. It's, it was a results-based thing. Like, I really don't yeah. think that it was a recruiting thing. I really don't. Um, they, they know what they have there at AM. Those boosters, they know what they can do. They've proved it. Um, so, th- yeah, I, there's always going to kind of be a floor um at AM with just the with, with the resources you have i mean you're in texas too so mm. yeah like there's they have all kinds of interesting possibilities i yeah i think it's a good idea they got rid of jimbo um are, are you ready for a couple of more names like i okay, yeah i've just yeah. been way too eager for this lance leipold is not Ooh. going there so i don't want to hear that i i understand it's a good fit he's not going to go there it, I don't, yeah, I just don't think it works in the SEC. I, 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 I'm just kind of out on that one. Um, I heard Dion quite a bit today. Dion Sanders, no, no, come no. on, you need no. stability. <laughs> yeah, not at A and M. What are we doing? We need someone to come in and and treat this. Um, he needs to be a CEO a little bit more than maybe what Jimbo was. So, um, the some of the other names, Dan Lanning. I'm sure that one's that one's a very popular one. Um, Mike Elko, who was there just a couple of years ago as a DC, doing a great job at Duke. Um, that's another one. Um, yeah, I, there, there's a ton of names. Everyone's going to be thrown out for this. By the way, this will be the most fun coaching search 
that I've been alive for. Like, I really think yeah. that this is going, this is going to be wild. Um, the, the amount of money they might make this next coach. I mean, he's going to be one of the top five highest paid coaches. Like, I'm not saying he's going to be the highest paid coach. They're going to come and pay someone a, a lot of money to coach there. They really right. are. They can get almost whoever they want. I, I, I like all those names he threw out there. I'll throw a few more smaller names that, Maybe might not be like the big name hire that everyone gets excited about, but would still do a good job. Jeff Trailer would do a good job there, I think. And sure. they could do a lot worse than Mark Stoops. I'm just saying. Like, I yeah. know that would not be an exciting hire. I think they would roll quite well if they hired a guy like Mark Stoops. So it, it's kind of boring, like the Stoops right. hire. And and isn't that kind of what they need? <laughs> maybe, maybe so. Maybe, maybe it is. It's kind of like eating your veggies a little bit. Um, like it's it what would it's what would be good for you. That would be I, I like Brian think, Kelly to LSU a little bit. Yeah, well, Kelly to LSU had a little bit more pizzazz because I mean bit, he yeah. he had playoff appearances right at Notre Dame. Right. Um, and and Stoops is is nowhere near that. I mean, granted, it's a lesser program at Kentucky, and he's doing a good job at Kentucky. Like, there's no doubt that he's maxing that program out. Stoops is, but I, yeah, I, I don't think that's going to work. I re, I would be very surprised if that happens. I, I think he'd do well, like, like on the field. I really, I think they, they have a good football team. Like, I think he would, he would do well on the field. I don't think it would fit. AM's unique because it has to work with like, you have to work, you have to be able to fit in the same room as your players, as your coaches, but also fit in the same room as the country club guys and the oil barons. Like you got to make yeah. it all work. And I, I just, I don't know if Stoops would be able to play that game well enough. Mm -hmm. uh, another head coach just got fired, Zach Arnett at Mississippi state. And this was a guy that we weren't sure about. Obviously last year you lose Mike Leach to um, who died unexpectedly. So they promote the defensive coordinator there. Arnett makes it less than a full year. And even since he got fired the other day, like there's, there's stuff coming out. Um, some people were just really upset with the way he kind of handled that whole situation. Uh, firing guys that were kind of promised extensions by Mike Leach before and, and, and just completely changing the offensive system from, from what was working really well, honestly, with the air raid there under Mike Leach to trying to go man ball in the sec where every, almost every other team in the conference has more talent than you just didn't really work very well. And yeah, so this is an interesting job. Like it's not a super high profile job. Like I said, like you're Mississippi state, you cannot out recruit basically anyone else in the sec, obviously Vanderbilt. And then that's about it for a consistent basis. Um, where do you think Mississippi state should go? So Dan Mullen's just sitting there on right. ESPN right now. Um, Dan Mullen was born to be the Mississippi State head coach. Like the best he was coach they've ever had. He was great. He was yeah. fantastic there. Um, I I think that's going to happen. I really do. I think that's not just buzz. Um, I don't think that's like the Dion to AM thing. Like that's just kind of a lot of hype. I think Mullen back to Mississippi State has real substance to it. Um, it 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 works there. He's done it, and and. Yeah, like, and to to your point about the 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 Arnett thing with the offense, I, I've heard a lot of that the last couple of days, really the last couple of weeks as well as people not liking his offense, and and like I understand to a point, I do think it's unfair, completely unfair to fire a guy. He didn't even get a full year. 
Um, and, and that's, that's a, that's early. Like there's a lot of guys that have really, really rough year ones and, and are able to turn that around. So it was, he was a bridge guy. Like he yeah. was not a full, he was not an actual football coach. He was an intern interim that got extended pretty much because they, they didn't know what to do. And they had a lot going on. I mean, they had a, their coach, you know, passed away. Like it, it, there right. was no precedent for that really. So yeah, they had to figure something out and he was what was available and that's what they took. So Arnett needs to go to, to LSU and be the new defensive coordinator there. there. Go, yeah. Like we all, we all understand that that's easy. <laughs> and Dan Mullen just leave, needs to leave um, the SEC network. Is it ESPN or the SEC network? It's the same umbrella. Um, but yeah, he's on one of them channels and I actually like him kind of as an analyst. I hated his guts as a coach, um, but like it kind of works because he does play. He he plays a little bit. His style at, at Mississippi State was a little bit like Arnett style where it was really physical, but he mixed in some really neat things scheme wise. Yes. Um, and he was clearly a great developer of quarterbacks mm-hmm. um, over his years at Mississippi State and and, and even prior. So, yeah, he, he did some some interesting things scheme wise that Arnett just didn't do. Um, I, I, I think he should. I think that works. Even Arkansas, like you could mm-hmm. like go. Yeah, maybe go there. So, um, yeah, there's Mullen needs another job. We need to get Mullen. If not, maybe Michigan State. How about Michigan State? I think he'd work there, too. I think for Mississippi State, they have to do something a little bit unique. You you can't yep. just you can't just hire somebody who's going to, like I said, try to play man ball against the rest of the SEC because everyone else in the SEC is going to do it better than you because they right. have better talent than you. Right. They need to find something a little bit unique. Mike Leach was unique in that system. Like everyone had to prepare a little bit differently for Mississippi state under Mike Leach. And when Dan Mullen was there again, like kind of a unique offense that he was really good at people, you had to prepare a little bit differently when it was Mississippi state week. How about now? I like your Dan Mullen idea. Obviously that's a, that's a great idea. A lot of people throwing that out there. He could become the Mississippi state lifer. Um, Let's assume he really enjoys TV. He really enjoys spending time with his family. He doesn't want to go coach again. Let me throw a name out there that I think could make a lot of sense. I think Jamie Chadwell would make a lot of sense yeah. for Mississippi State. He he runs a unique offense. He's he's proven to be successful at multiple stops. Mm-hmm. Um, he's got Liberty rolling right along in his first season there. Sure, um, he's improved them honestly under like they're they're probably better under him this year than they were the last year or two under Hugh Freeze, who took the Auburn job. Like I think Jamie Chadwell could step right into Mississippi State and do a really good job even despite having lower talent than everyone else in his conference for the most part i think i think that's it yeah that's a really good name um we we thought maybe him to auburn jamie chadwell yeah. to auburn instead of hugh freeze you know a year ago so yeah no he he seems to be like a he's made for the sec that guy um chadwell so yeah i don't know he's kind of into like he's he's from yeah, he's been coaching down in the south for a while now feels like he'd be a good fit i have no problem with that one that's that's a good one at mississippi state i do think it's really difficult when you're you're like you have the program surrounding you you have alabama auburn even old miss um unless you like those are your rivals. Those are the guys you're going to compete against for recruits and just compete on the field, like with, mm-hmm. like on game day. So it's a tough world being a, a, a Mississippi State fan. And I don't think that Mullen 
got the respect maybe that he deserves for having them where he had them before he left for Florida. Um, right. They were a force there for a few years and a really tough team to beat. So yeah, a lot of respect for, for what he did there. I, yeah, they have, they, again, we've seen it now. Like it's, it started, um, there's going to be a domino effect. Now that we've started these firings, we're going to see sitting head coaches leave for other jobs. I really believe that, especially with the reshuffling of conferences, I think we'll see it quite a bit this off season guys trying to go get into the big 10 or the sec because the money's there. Like that's the job that you want if you can get it. So a lot of things are going to change this off season. I think this could get a little crazy um, and it has started now. Um, one other thing just to maybe touch on quickly since our last podcast episode, the big 10 suspended Jim Harbaugh from the sideline for the last three games of the regular season. Um, still is allowed to be with the team throughout the week. And he wasn't really a primary play caller or anything like that anyway. Right. It, it's more right. just, you know, when do you call a timeout? When do you go for the fourth down? I guess. Like, does what What are your views on that? Do you feel like it changes Michigan's outlook going forward at all? I don't I don't really care if it changes their outlook. What, what What's the Big Ten doing? Like, what are we doing here? I, I don't understand at all. What like why is the when is the last time that a conference stepped in and suspended someone for because it's unfair? It's a current ongoing investigation, right? Like we we don't have a report on on anything. We have a bunch of Big Ten coaches that cried in and or cried in. They called in and cried to the commissioner, and like so we just suspend him for three games. I'll be really honest. That was I was very surprised to see that happen. I, mm-hmm. I don't think it's smart. I, I think that was a dumb move. I don't, I don't think an, the outrage needs to be towards the big 10 on this one. Um, Cause whether or not Michigan cheated, whether or not this, like, we don't even know the severity of it. That's kind of the point. Like we need to wait until like, until we know things for sure. Was Michigan the only team doing this? Was, was there a lot of teams in this conference doing like, we don't know that yet. So like, let's wait before we punish him. Like, I guess my only other thought would be, what are you going to do if you find out more? Are you just going to punish him again? Like, you know what I mean? Like can, how many times can you continue to punish him for this thing? Um, yeah, I have fairly strong thoughts on that. I, again, Michigan was my preseason title pick. I, I, I am rooting for Michigan to run the table. I'm especially rooting for Michigan to run the table and beat Ohio state and win the big 10 now. Like, wouldn't that be awkward that Petiti would have to hand the the title, um, the Big Ten title trophy to Harbaugh at the because he'd be back for that probably. Like, right. it, we need this. We need Michigan to go to the playoff this year. I think this is the Big Ten throwing a bone to their other thirteen coaches because they everyone knows the NCAA is slow as molasses in December on, sure. on things like this. If sure. if, it, if the NCAA punishes Harbaugh, which I think they eventually will, that'll, that won't happen until the off season at some point. So I think this was the big 10 saying, because this theoretically gave Michigan an advantage this season, this is our version of giving him a slap on the wrist this season. Um, and, and throwing a bone to the rest of the conference who, who is upset about the advantage they got on the field this year. So if he gets fined in the offseason or whatever, or suspended by the NCAA, he might leave for the NFL anyway. It might not even affect him. 
I think this was just the Big Ten's way of saying we're gonna we're gonna do something during the season that actually does affect him. Even though, like I said, it really if anything, it probably galvanizes the team more and they play harder together. Like it probably makes Michigan better on the field. Vegas didn't budge, by the way, when, no. when this happened. Like the the mm-hmm. line didn't move. He can still be a be with the team six days a week. Like the, the only difference is someone else is deciding when they go for it on fourth down and when they call a timeout. Like that that's really the only difference. And it's so minor. Like I don't think it really matters one way or another, honestly. I just the what I keep coming back to is when's the last time we we suspended someone for something that we did not have conclusive evidence on? Like yeah. they haven't proved anything against Harbaugh. And I know the the argument is that Harbaugh should have known regardless. And even if he didn't know, that's still on him. I understand that argument. I really do. Like, we, we don't know if other teams were doing this. We don't know how long this went on. We don't know yet. Why are we, like, why are we acting now? Like, what's the rush to act now? I I, I don't understand it. Yep. Well, I'm sure we'll hear more about that in the coming weeks and months because of the NCAA taking so long. But anyway, <laughs> let's get into week 11. So a lot of football happened, and we'll just start at the top. I mean, Michigan that, that we've been talking about, they beat Penn State. Um, huge win for them there on big noon kickoff and it, it, it ultimately ultimately results in Penn state firing their office coordinator, Mike Yersich, who was seen as a pretty decent hire at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, Michigan wins this game 24 to 15. Their only pass attempt in the second half was a pass interference. So it didn't actually count as a pass attempt. So they just run the ball and Penn state's defense wasn't bad in this game, but Michigan was able to, more effectively play offense kind of a defense slugfest grinded out big 10 everything but michigan did assert their will more than penn state was able to and they come away with a fairly resounding nine point win if that makes sense michigan blew out penn state on saturday they did (laughs) the fact that they only won by nine is kind of criminal okay That's enough about Michigan. We're going to put Michigan on the shelf. We're going to talk about Penn State here for a little bit. Oh, boy. (laughs) That was some of the worst offensive play calling that I have seen. How do you come off of a week where you can – like Penn State's offense was explosive last week. Yeah. Last week. They put up 51 against Maryland last week. Maryland's a decent football team. How do you turtle that quickly? Like, like, what is it about top 10 teams that makes James, that makes James Franklin want to just crawl into a turtle shell? I don't get it. That was some of the most conservative play calling, like really from both teams. But Michigan just got out there and saw like, oh, like Penn State has no chance of scoring on us. As right. long as we don't throw a pick six or get like the like, like the fumble six that almost happened to Ohio State a couple of weeks back. Like their defense is their best chance of scoring points. They can't score on us. And like. True. No lies were detected there. Like that was absolutely correct. It was awful. Um, the, 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 okay. First off going for two that early on and and not getting is like, Ooh, that's not going to be a point that they're going to miss later on. Sure enough, they lose by nine. And then like they went for two. I, okay. The analyst, are, are you, you're kind of into analytics. I, I don't understand when you're down nine going for two, 
right away. Like, like I kind of, I, I understand the premise of it is that then you know what you have to get, but the pressure that is applied to Michigan's offense, if it's a one score game, even if it's eight points, you kick the PAT and you're, then it's eight, right? The pressure that it then puts on the other team, like the, the pressure all goes to them. Instead, it's, it's you, you don't get it. You don't get the two point conversion. It's nine point. The game's over. Like you have to score twice. You, there's no nine point play. So it was the it analytics, was, by the way, are fairly indifferent on those specific situations. Like, don't blame this on analytics. Analytics actually makes sense. <laughs> this was more of just a whatever you want to do, man. Like the, the analytics are fairly indifferent on situations like that. I, I I agree with you there. I, there was a lot of people citing the analytics like, oh, the nerds are going to come out of the woodwork, you know, you know, all, all over you for this one. The, the, the difference is minimal. Like it's it really is. I don't know. I, I felt Penn State was absolutely like they lose that game 10 times out of 10. They they do not. That that was yeah. a blowout. Yeah. <laughs> the fact that it was only nine points is neither here nor there. And you can blame the play calling, and I agree with you. It was not good. Also, the execution of the poorly called plays was not good either. Um, yeah, right. Nicholas Singleton ran for 3.3 yards per carry, which is not good. Even that was somehow higher than Drew Allard's 3.2 yards per attempt, which is horrific. Drew Allard, by the way, I... <laughs> He's not great right now. He's, what do you he's want to not say? a good quarterback. I, hopefully, for Penn State's sake, a good <sighs> offensive coordinator could fix that next year. He is not playing like his recruiting billing would suggest he should. Um, he's not accurate is the main thing. He's he's just not an accurate quarterback. No, seems to develop. Uh, seems to process what's happening slowly, um, which is weird because. I can remember his very first game in college. He came in because there was an injury and he, it, he looked comfortable. Yeah. And I he hasn't looked that comfortable since, I don't think. Well, okay. I think there's a difference between when he plays Maryland, you know, right. versus when he plays Michigan. You're absolutely right that when he plays Michigan and Ohio State, like the guy psychs himself out. He really does. He's seeing ghosts back there to the point he cannot complete a five yard out route. Like like simple routes he cannot complete. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it 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 falls apart for him. You you feel a little bit bad because Penn State's going to get judged on what they do against Michigan and Ohio State. And some for, for a lot of people, it's going to be the only time that they watched Penn State all year. They watched two games and they saw them, you know, look awful in both of them. Yet Penn State's not a top 15 team. But they're they might be top twenty. Like for me, I put them in there. They have a really good defense. That defense deserves better, by the way. Yeah, it's that, good. That that defense is legitimately really good, and they played well against Michigan and Ohio State. Two good offenses. So, yeah, I, the, the defense um, on the list of guys that deserve better, <laughs> along with Jaden Daniels, maybe his Penn State he, uh, is Notre deserves Dame deserves better. They're the same um, team, I think. <laughs> yeah, like. They have more talent. Like they would have a little bit more talent and a better defense. Their offense is light years behind you guys, though. Uh neither yes, offense is yes, good at this point. Come in the on. Season. Come on. Uh, uh, both defenses are really good. Yeah. Both offensive lines are not as good as you would expect. Yeah. Uh, the the strength of both offenses is the running back room. The quarterbacks should be really good, but they're kind of not. And the receivers are not great. 
like it's it's basically the same team. I and like that's y'all's receivers. I like y'all's receivers much more than theirs. Like yeah. so much more than theirs. Um, and your quarterback for sure more than theirs. Um, yeah. Let, let's we don't need to bang on Penn State too much. It, it, it's that was embarrassing though. Like that that yeah. is the most frustrating thing. Um, to watch like I can say Georgia went through phases of that in in their early Kirby smart years where the offense was just abysmal it wasn't good and the defense was exceptional Um, but yeah Michigan's good they continue to do their thing they don't throw a pass in the second half right for whatever reason we're a half hour into this pod and we've talked about one game let's roll here (laughs) Yale beats Princeton 36 to 28 double overtime I know that's what everyone wanted to hear about um Texas Tech upsets Kansas 16 to 13. Jason Bean got injured in this game, so Kansas is down to their number three quarterback, which is not what you want. Maryland beats Nebraska 13 to 10. Ugly game there in the Big Ten. Um, let's see. Moving on. Harvard beat Penn. <laughs> I know this the Ivy League is what people are here for. Why? Um Arizona beats Colorado 34 to 31. Yeah. Tighter than we thought. We both had Arizona yes. in our locks. Um, they do pull the win out, and Colorado's now four and six. But but yeah, uh, tough tough game there for Arizona. They do get the win. Kansas State beats Baylor fifty nine to twenty five. Um, wow, there's a lot of games that no one cares about on Friday. Oh, Saturday. Sorry. <laughs> Here's one: Florida State beats Miami twenty seven to twenty. Uh, not quite as close as the score would indicate. This was a two score lead in the fourth quarter. Miami scored yeah. last. Any thoughts on this game, Ashton? Okay, did you see the safety that where Miami clearly tackled uh, Jordan Travis in the end zone? I did and not see that, no. whatever reason, they called him down at the one. And then they reviewed it and upheld the play. It was like, okay, okay. I've never seen – it was one of the worst, the, the most egregious calls that, I've, that I've, I've seen in a while. Anyway, Florida State continues to do just enough. They were the better yeah. team. They, they were better than Miami. Are they good? They're good. Yeah, they're good. Are they like playoff? Are they top four? I don't think Florida State's one of the four best teams in the country right now. They're going to lose a playoff game by three touchdowns, it feels like. If if Florida State played Michigan, yes, I agree. Or or Georgia, I absolutely agree. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Um, let's see. Oh, UCF beats Oklahoma State 45 to three. We thought that line was a little suspicious, and sure enough, uh, the line, yeah. Vegas knew something there. UCF crushes Oklahoma State, which shakes up yeah. the Big 12, which is – we won't know who's in the Big 12 title game until the regular season is over, I'm pretty sure. Mizzou beats Tennessee 36-7. to Super impressive win. Yes. Uh, Mizzou's special, man. Like, they're not the mm-hmm. best team in the Big 10. They're not the best team in the Big 10 East. Sorry, SEC East. But they are a top four team in the SEC this year. I mean, they cemented themselves as number two in the East. We talk about that every preseason. Like, who's going to be behind Georgia? Who's number two? This year, it's Missouri, and they deserve to be. That was a bloodbath. They, yeah. I watched a lot of that game. They were clearly better than Tennessee. Tennessee has some real issues, and we'll talk about them later. But, um, yeah, it, credit to Missouri. They were excellent. Um, physical. The ball, too. They were. And there was some unfinished business from last year. I don't know if you caught that. Tennessee ran up the score on Mizzou a year oh, ago. Yeah. <laughs> um, in the pregame presser, or postgame presser, um, Drinkwitz, he he said that we're Tennessee State champs. You know, we had unfinished business. And he, yeah, he kept, he he chirped. Yeah, he he left a lot out there. Let's just say this is a budding rivalry. There's going to, this will be fun next year, too. 
Tennessee is a good test case in the difference a really smart, accurate quarterback can make. Yeah. Not that they're not good. They're still a good team, but Hendon Hooker yeah. took them to a different level last year. So, yeah. Um, Northwestern beat Wisconsin 24 to 10. That's funny. Oh, <laughs> um, Wisconsin, uh, I don't I don't even know, really want to go there. Like, no. we'll know more about Luke Fickle and his era there next year. Washington beats Utah 35 to 28. Big win for them. Obviously not like crazy impressive. Like they didn't beat down Utah the way Oregon did, but I I still think it's a fairly good win for them. Um, The second half, they didn't allow any points to Utah. So yeah, good job by Washington. Solid win there, I would say. Is there anything more to say than than good solid win? Well, yeah, Washington – they're still undefeated. Put it that. Put it that way. They, they gave up a lot of points early to Utah and were trailing at halftime. And for them to come out and be as as dominant as they were in the second half, I, I yeah, I, that was that was very impressive. Mm-hmm. Utah's a good football team. Even I understand they don't have Cam Rising. Utah's a tough out, um, especially as an underdog. They they live for that underdog status. And you were able to do what had to be done. You, you didn't do what Oregon did to them. You know, so what? You, you beat them. Like you're on to the next game. Washington has some difficult games coming up. Um, th- this here was one to check off the. They they got it done. They they got it done. They're ten and zero now. They're another team that they're undefeated. I don't know if they're one of the four best teams. Like yeah. I know that's really. I don't. We'll get into that later with playoff talk. I still don't know if they're one of the four best teams. Yeah. A couple games that are just ugly and I refuse to talk about, but I'll read the score. Iowa beats Rutgers twenty-two to zero. Auburn beats Arkansas 48-10. Um, down through the evening, Oregon State beats Stanford 62-17. to Impressive win there. Oregon State yes, finding something again uh, after a bit of a lull in the middle of the season. Georgia beats Ole Miss 52-17. to This was technically a top-10 matchup that never felt like one. Ole Miss, by the way, scored in their first possession and then on their third possession to tie the game at 14. But Georgia, after that, they – figured them out defensively and their offense was just money from the start. So what, what were your thoughts about this as a resident, resident Georgia fan uh, with the beat down here, 52 to 17. The, the defense adjusts so well, they've done this the last three games. Now they've allowed allowed opening um, drive touchdowns in the last four games, really even Vanderbilt did it against our defense, um, but have really tightened things down afterwards. The offense is clicking, man. Brock Bowers yes. is back. Um, I'm feeling good. <laughs> I'll be really honest. How many quarterbacks Brock, in the country are better than Carson Beck right now? N- not as many as you'd think. Not as many as you'd think. That guy no. is underrated. He does not get the love that he deserves. I hope he comes back, like, because he could have, like, a legit Heisman run next year. He's that good. Um, He's been very accurate with the ball. He's the guy that, that Tennessee needs to run their offense, right? Someone yeah, accurate over the middle. Um, Doesn't have to have the biggest arm. That's not – Carson Beck has a great arm. That's that's not what that's not the point. He's not Joe Milton's arm, but he's accurate. He's on time. Um, he has great chemistry with the receivers. Yeah, again, the the, the timing. I kind of keep going back to that. He throws guys open a lot, um, and I don't I don't think that he gets the uh, maybe the the credit that he deserves. George is finding their own here mm-hmm. quietly. Quietly, they've had a, a really tough stretch here, and they're they're starting to mash people. So if they beat Tennessee by a lot this weekend. I'm I'm calling for it all this year. I think yeah. I think they I think they get everybody. But um yeah, we'll see. Definitely a step in the right direction. 
Right now, I just checked FanDuel. Michigan is favored to win the national championship at plus 220. Georgia's at plus 250. And then all the way down to number three is Alabama at plus 750. Yep. So Vegas thinks Michigan and Georgia have separated themselves. Correct. I, I'm with you. I, I think I might be ready to say it right now. I think Georgia has separated themselves even above Michigan. I think Georgia is the best team in the country yet again for the third year in a row. <laughs> I'm, I'm not going to disagree. Yeah, I mean, I can't say that. Like, I can't just come out and say it. Um, yeah, I, that's I do why you have me. Them, I'll just come out and say correct, it. Correct, correct. I do want to see them go on the road to Knoxville and, and have a big win. By the way, Georgia sure. has clinched the East. They will play Alabama in the SEC championship. That's going to be an epic game. The the styles in that are going to be. It's going to be electric. That's going to be elite atmosphere there. A game that Georgia needs and and Alabama has to have. So, yeah, that that'll be a lot of fun. George is coming into their own there now. They're 10 and 0. They have Kirby Smart has ha- now had the longest undefeated run that he even in his time at Alabama. This is his longest run. So this this run right here for George the last, you know, 2 years is longer than any run Saban had at Alabama undefeated run. I thought that was that was interesting. He, so he broke that record. Um yeah, there's so many, there's so much talent right on this on this Georgia offense. Um, the offensive line got healthy too. They got a five-star um offensive uh tackle back, made a big difference running the ball. So yeah, it looked really good. <laughs> yep. Uh Oklahoma beats West Virginia 59 to 20. And Ohio State beats Mississippi Michigan State, sorry, 38 to 3. Big blowouts there by favorites. Um let's see. AM beats Mississippi State 51 to 10, another blowout. And then we already talked about Jimbo Fisher and all and all of the fallout from that. But um let's see. Moving on down. LSU beat Florida 52 to 35. Jaden Daniels kind of putting on a show here over 600 yards of offense by himself. Mm-hmm. Uh yeah, Florida's not very good. LSU's offense is electric, even though their defense is still not what it should be. Um mm-hmm. They don't really have a whole lot to play for anymore as a team, but any chance he could he could maybe get get his nose in there in the Heisman race? I think they're going to try. I really yeah. do. I think they're going to push him for that. You like you said, they don't have anything else to play for. I I, I think they go for it. I really think they're going to. They have some gettable uh, candidates the next two weeks. Mm-hmm. One a Jimbo Fisherless A um, and M whose defense is a little sketchy in the back end and LSU has great receivers. So yeah, I think they're going to push. I I think they're going to push for it. We'll see. He's, he is really, really good. Um, The, like the sec quarterbacks, they were often, we kind of belittled them a little bit and and maybe rightly so at the beginning of the season um, for, you know, they had a lot of big guys leave and we didn't know what these, this younger batch was going to be between Jaden Daniels, Carson Beck, Jalen Milrow kind of coming into his own. Mm-hmm. Brady Cook is even having a nice season. There's some decent quarterback um, quarterbacks, and, and there a lot of them are going to be coming back. So yeah, there's Jaden Daniels is excellent. I I don't know if I I wonder what what you know he kind of projects as a as a as an NFL player. I don't really know how he projects you know in the draft. That guy can fly. I don't know if you saw yeah. his highlights against yes. Florida. Like he just took off and left people. Um, yep. it, it was very impressive. A week, you know, a week after getting planted um, in the Alabama game, comes out and shows out against Florida. Yes, he does. All right, Texas escapes TCU twenty nine to twenty six. This game was like twenty six to six at one point, and I kind of, 
I went on to other games. I there was so much else going on. I was like, well, there's no point in wasting any more time looking at this. But TCU almost comes back, makes it a only loses by a field goal here. TCU they remain sorry Texas they remain with the one loss only on their resume, and they do have the win against Alabama. Yeah. Is this a disappointment to you, or do you focus more on the fact they were winning by twenty? Like, what do you do with this with this result? Texas hasn't looked good in a while now. Um, yeah. It's been a few weeks before they've looked really good. TCU is not a very good football team. They're four and six this year. Mm-hmm. This is yeah. No, we we were expecting more. Like that's okay to say. Some of it, you know, Quinn Ewers just kind of coming back. This was his first game back, getting rhythm again. You know, I understand that. But they like they they had a good first half. They really jumped on them in the first half and then kind of fell apart in the second. So um Texas's best game, Texas's A plus game is as good as anybody's. I really believe that. Texas can play like for, for 60 minutes of glory, Texas can go out there and beat anybody. Um, but their floor is pretty low for a playoff team. It, it is pretty low. Yep. North Carolina beats Duke 47 to 45 in double overtime. It was just a fun rivalry game. It was. Um, that was a great game. Did you check this yeah, one out much? No? I did. I watched yeah. a decent amount. North Carolina on their two point conversion in second overtime, there was a guy that was clearly five or six yards down the field, an offensive lineman that didn't get called. Um, no. So that was fun. Um, the Duke fans won't forget about that. But yeah, it was just a fun <laughs> game for sure. It was really good. Arizona State beats UCLA 17 to 7. UCLA spiraling a bit as we go on, and they have a big game this week to maybe make up for that. Right. Oregon beats USC 36 to 27. It felt, I would say it felt relatively comfortable, <laughs> but but not maybe not as dominant as a lot of people expected. What what are your takeaways from this game? survive in advance like it's okay to survive in advance but we we said it a little bit with texas we said it with with florida state they seem to do this almost every week we're talking about teams that aren't georgia they're not michigan they're they're trying they're just trying to get by and if you can get you know to get to the end of the year with one loss in a conference championship maybe they let you in USC was a da- in a kind of a dangerous spot here like usc gets to play spoiler kind of the, the second half of this year um, so yeah, I don't know. Oregon had a big lead and kind of the same thing as Texas. They had a big lead and it kind of got away from them. Oregon's gotten a lot of love the last couple of weeks, uh, you know, for, for maybe being better than Washington. Like we think that they'd beat them at a neutral site. You know, we think maybe Oregon's the best team in the PAC 12 and, and okay. I, I understand that, but the fact of the matter is they lost like, like they've had some of these, they almost lost to Texas tech early, early in the year. We kind of forget about that a little bit. Oregon has played some close games here too. They're not immune to it. Um, they have to play Oregon State here in two weeks. I'm I'm just saying, like, yep. Or Oregon's not done playing tough games here. They've got some difficult games yet. That's right. Okay, that's week eleven. Ashton, let's get into week twelve. We'll do our top game draft. You have the first pick this week. What is your top game to watch in week okay. twelve? So we we do not have a loaded slate. Like we can go right. ahead and say this is. This is not a loaded slate. I'm going to go with Georgia on the road in Knoxville uh, playing Tennessee. The Lions, Georgia favored by 10 and a half. It came out as like eight and a half and quickly has been, it's been getting bet up kind of the last two days, really. This is going to be a fun game. 
Um, th this will be Tennessee Super Bowl. There's they already have three losses. They don't have much else to play for. I think we'll see a, a competitive game late into the second half. I really do. I think this one could be fairly close. So, yeah, it'll be fun. Georgia looks darn good. They look yeah. really good, man. And and Tennessee coming off a, I mean, Tennessee got beat down by Missouri this past week. So how do they respond? I think it's going to be really interesting. Tennessee, we don't have the new playoff rankings. Those will be out tomorrow night. Tennessee is probably going to be around 20. I don't think they fall much farther than that. But yeah, somewhere kind of in, in that high teen to, to low 20s range. Um, and it, it'll Georgia will probably be one. Oh, eh. Is that a contra ah, let's not we'll talk about that. We'll talk about that later. I think they should be one if they're not one. Um yeah. Yeah. It'll be a really good matchup. I'm gonna go with that one. And and it's kind of an off week a little bit. It is a little bit. That that's that's a solid choice. I I think we know who Tennessee is at this point. Yeah. At I, I think this is more we're watching to see if Georgia can continue to be dominant after uh -huh. a little bit of a slower start to the season. We're seeing them round into form. And if we see them handle their business, it it definitely could could verify some of the things that we're starting to think about them. I, I do think on the road though, like that's a tough spot. I think sure. Neyland is a is a is a difficult place to go in and win. Tennessee definitely plays much better at home than they do yeah. on the road. Like that their losses come when they're on the road. They they are they have their three losses are are all on the road this year. They can't really win on the road. At home, though, they're an excellent football team. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because you took that one, that makes my pick easy. With the number two yep. pick, I'll take Washington at Oregon State. Really fun matchup here. This line has flipped. Oregon yes. State is now favored by one and a half after yes. it was it was the opposite a, a day ago. Um, Vegas is telling you, or or the Sharps out there, whoever moves lines, is telling you they think Oregon State might actually win this game against Washington. Do you have a lean one way or another on who actually pulls this win out? Not really. Like it's a pick 'em game. Uh, Vegas thinks so. Like this is a this is a close game. Oregon State has rebounded from have they they had you mentioned that they had a, a kind of a tough little mid stretch in the middle of the season. They've been quietly just kind of smoking people. They're going to probably be ten or eleven when the new poll come out comes out tomorrow night. Like it's going to be a top ten matchup potentially. Yeah, yeah. It's a pick 'em game. It's at home. They're really good at home in Corvallis. True. The Oregon State has two games left in the Pac-12 all time, yeah. and it's against Washington and Oregon, the two best teams in the Pac-12. I will unabashedly be rooting for Oregon <laughs> State these last two weeks just to – and I think there's a very real chance they get one of them. Better chance they get Washington or Oregon? Probably Washington because it's at home. I'll give them that. But yeah. also Oregon is the rivalry game, like – rivalry week you never know what's going to happen the old cliche throw out the records but Oregon State has a pretty good record too so yeah Oregon State yeah they get two final chances at at Pac-12 glory and yeah this is one of those games so definitely going to be a must watch for me you know that they're going to be like they felt betrayed by some of those teams like how could Oregon and Washington just leave us you know um yeah chance to get a little get back by the way ESPN, who they also view as kind of having an, a, a part to play and, you know, tearing apart of the Pac-12, will be on hand uh, to call yeah. this game. ABC will be there. I wonder what reception those guys get. That'll be fun. Right. Um, yes. I think college game day is not going. <laughs> I think that's kind of that's kind of telling. <laughs> it could be some good. 
interesting signage in the crowd if, <laughs> if they were there. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I know. It could have All been right, a Ashton, for him. Yes, what is the number three pick? Okay, I'm going to go – well, I, I guess I'll stay in the Pac-12. We'll go Utah um, at Arizona. This is in Tucson, Arizona, only a one-point favorite. This one's really close. Arizona 7-3. Arizona's a darn good ball team. They they really are. Both these teams are seven and three. I, I you can't help but be impressed with what the Wildcats have done this year under Jed Fish. I mean, they are they are really good. I've watched a lot of them. Again, I'm an avid Pac-12 after dark fan. I, I watch a ton of it. Um, Arizona often on there. <laughs> so yeah, we'll be we'll be tuning into that one again. This one, it's on the Pac-12 network, which is a real bummer because that I don't get the, the Pac-12 network. So I may have to pirate a stream. We may have to figure something out um, because I just, I can't get the Pac-12 network. But yeah, it's at 2.30, 2.30 Eastern. Um, it's going to be a really competitive game. That is too good of a game for for being on the Pac-12 network. That's ridiculous. Well, why are we still putting games on the Pac-12? Like it's going away. The Pac-12 network yeah. is going to be obsolete here in just a couple of months. Yeah, I, I don't know. One One last knife right to our backs for sure. All right, so with the fourth pick, I'm going to take Louisville at Miami. Louisville still just has the one loss. It was to Pitt inexplicably. Um, And Miami is, say what you want, but they're more talented than Louisville. They they've had a bit of an up and down season. I think this is a this is a chance for an upset here. Louisville only favored by one and a half on the road at Miami. Miami can they can. I don't know if they can come out of this season and say it was a successful season, but they can salvage something out of it. Maybe help with the recruiting class. If if you get a win like this, that would be pretty big because it would only be Louisville's second. It would be their second loss and would technically bring them out of playoff contention because technically they still are in playoff contention. Even though they're not. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. No, I understand. All right. Um, for me, I'm going to go to Kansas, the great state of Kansas. We have a battle there. Kansas State versus Kansas. This one's in Lawrence, Kansas. Kansas State, eight-point favorite. You mentioned Kansas, some of their struggles with quarterbacks, um, the the quarterback injuries that they're going through right now, which is, yeah, kind of a bummer. Probably why the line is so big, honestly, Yeah. Um, at eight points. But this will be at 7 o'clock, um, so a night game. A lot of the good games are early on. Um, so, but yeah, we do have a few good games at night, the the Washington, Oregon state, and then Kansas state, Kansas will be fun as well. So yeah, this one here is going to be really entertaining. I, I think this game actually stays closer than what the spread is. I would be leaning on Kansas to cover the eight points. Um, I'm not sure who wins outright, but I do think this one's competitive throughout. Yeah. I like that pick that that's going to be a fun to watch. That would be my next pick. If you had not taken that. Um, so for my next pick, there's <laughs> There's so many games that are kind of like on the same level. Um, games that you want to watch, but they're not necessarily must watch. But by the way, this is the second to last week of the regular season. Two months from now, we'll be wishing we had <laughs> any of these games to watch. So just because it's a bit of a okay. weaker slate, go ahead and watch these games. Okay, hang on. In the fall, or so, okay, after the fall's over in February, like, hmm. I could absolutely watch Illinois on the road in Iowa. Yes. It's a it's a 30 and a half point over under. I don't care. I would absolutely watch that in February. I agree with you 100 percent That will be that will not be my pick here. Though. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um so there's a few different ways to go here. I'm going to go to North Carolina at Clemson. Sure. 
decent little matchup there in the ACC. Not any major stakes here, but it's just a fun game. I think this could be fun. This is Drake May going to Clemson one last time. Um, Two programs that have been up and down this year, obviously different levels of expectations, but, but two very up and down programs that are still very talented and could be a fun matchup. Okay, back to me. This is my fourth pick. Is that right? Right. Pick number seven overall. Yep. Number seven overall. So I'm going to go. I I liked where you were at with that one. Um, with 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 North Carolina Clemson. I that one that one would have been a good one. I'm going to go to Big Noon. Big Noon kickoff. Um, Michigan on the road at Maryland. Michigan favored by 19 points. Yeah. Again, it's not. I don't know if it's really for the game in like in particular. I think Michigan is one of the two best teams in the country, and I think they'll handle Maryland. I, that's not even what I don't even care about that. I want to see how the players react. I want to see just one more week of the, of this drama. I don't know if you saw Sharon Moore's uh, presser yes. after their <laughs> after they beat Penn State last week, but I'm here for that. Like I'm I'm actually for that. That he just took the filter off, and that's kind of how almost all those coaches are, honestly. Mm-hmm. Um, that you just get a different version of them, maybe on camera. So it, it was good to see. Like I'm I'm here for it again. Let's see how they do the week after the Penn State win in between the the Penn State Ohio State game sneaks in Maryland. You know, you have just a random road trip to Maryland. I I think Michigan wins. I don't know if they cover or not. That's kind of irrelevant. I want to just see how Michigan reacts. That's what I'm tuning in for. Sure. Okay, my next pick, I'm going to go to Missouri. I will take Florida at Missouri. Sure. Missouri favored by 11 and a half. This is Florida's probably their best shot at making a bowl this year. They their last two games are Mizzou and Florida State. Yeah. They can win either one. Um they're not going to be favored in either one. Mizzou is on a roll. Like like we said 11 and a half point favorite here. So this is just a fun matchup. I I expect Missouri to win, but I also I kind of want to tune in just to see maybe Florida in desperation mode here. Florida's going to get one of these two teams at the end, man. Might. <laughs> I'm, I'm telling you, Florida is going to give Florida State all they can handle a week from a week from Saturday in the swamp. I think Missouri beats Florida. I do. I think I think Missouri's. I mean, they are a better football team this year, and I think they play well in 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 Columbia. So good for them. I think Florida is going to be froggy next week. Um, I'm curious as to what that line will be when it comes out. But, yeah, it's going to be a good game. I, I think Florida will keep it competitive. Um, I, I would lean Florida to cover. I think they have to. Florida's playing for bowl eligibility. They need this. Right. Um, we actually need this. We had the Florida over at five yes. and a half, and they were five and two three weeks ago, and we were feeling excellent about it. Man, we couldn't believe what a great job. They're now five and five. And they're going to have to beat a darn good team to go bowling and hit our over. So right. <laughs> we need one of these. All right. My last pick, 8 o'clock. On Fox, Texas, Iowa State, Ooh. in Ames, Iowa. I can't believe this game is still here on the board. Texas is favored by 7.5. That tells you all you need to know. <laughs> Iowa State is sneaky. Iowa State has done this before. Matt Campbell has done this before. This should have upset written all over it. Let's not be surprised that this is a game late into the second half. Yeah, I I think this one stays close. I do. Yeah, that was that was definitely on the short list of next games for me. It feels like all season, everyone every time people talk about Texas and their 
you know, they can beat an Alabama and then you'll see, you'll watch them. They'll lose to Iowa state or somebody they shouldn't. And it's always Iowa state that people use. And this is that game. So yeah, <laughs> if Texas is legit, they need to roll Iowa state. I, I think that's fair to say, and it's very possible. They don't it's it's at Iowa state, like you mentioned. Yeah. So fun little matchup there. Okay. So that goes to me with the last pick uh, several different games. Honorable mention I'll give to Wake Forest, Notre Dame, Sam Hartman playing his old team. Um, so that that's a little interesting. But I will take sure. UCLA at USC, USC favored by six and a half. The best uniform matchup you'll see all week, guaranteed. It's great. It is um, great. Just a yeah. classic. This game has lost a little bit of luster the last couple of weeks as these, these teams are both struggling a little bit down the stretch. But it's well, still a fun matchup and a good rivalry. On UC, on USC's side, you're like that's correct. USC is kind of in trouble now. They're seven and four, like eight and four is best case, right? Like like I mean, you know what I mean? Like there's yeah. a chance that <laughs> seven and five doesn't look real good. It really doesn't. Not with the Heisman Trophy quarterback. So yeah, I I saw what what Lincoln Riley had to endure when he was running through the tunnel. People were yelling "Boomer Sooner" at him um, as he was exiting <laughs> the game, uh, the Oregon game last week. I thought that was fun. Um, it's their defense isn't very good, man. Like it's really not, it's really bad. So yeah, it, it's fun. You're right. The uniform matchup is all time. And when right. we're drafting games that we want to watch the uniform matchup, like that, that matters so much. Sure. So yeah, love, I love all the picks. Can I just say one more thing? Am I allowed to keep my pick of Utah and Arizona when it's on the Pac-12 network? It's at 2.30 PM, which is a great time slot. Like right there kind of between the noon and 3.30 kick. And, and it kind of goes at a time when no one else is. So at half times and such, you can easily tune into that game. It's on Pac-12 Network. Like, I, I can't say it's a game I want to watch. I, it is a game I want to watch. It's a game I can't watch. Like, that's not, I don't know. I guess I'm going to leave it there. Leave and it there you, and we'll just encourage everyone, but not officially, to go uh, find another stream and and find a way to watch that game. You, you may have to get creative with your um, yes. with your viewing options for the Utah Arizona game. Um, Arizona, we're not telling you how to watch it. We're just saying Google exists. There's certain websites. There's certain websites out there. Sure, right. Of mm-hmm. course. Okay, so that's those. That's the draft of our games we want to watch this week. Now we'll get into the locks. So recapping last week, uh, Ashton, another rough week for you. You're still 15, 10, and one on the year. Zero uh, and two week for you. Uh, the benefit of starting 15 and four is that you can have three bad weeks in a row and you're still beating Vegas. So good, good on you. Your losses were Kentucky plus 11 and Arizona minus 10 and a half. My week was better. I went two and one. I fought you on the Alabama Kentucky game. I was on the right side with Alabama took them minus 10 and a half. I also took Michigan minus four and a half against Penn state felt like an easy cover there. Mm. Um, And I joined you on the Arizona minus 10 and a half against Colorado. And we, shared the loss there so my record on the season is 24 and 28 so okay. you still have the best record what are you looking at for week 12 we talked about Jaden daniels going for glory right mm-hmm. georgia state has given up 40 plus points the last three games <laughs> um they have lost all of those games their defense is not good they cannot stop the pass I think Jaden Daniels, it's a night game. It's on national television. It's at 8 o'clock on ESPN2 in Baton Rouge. LSU by 31, that's low. 
I think they go out. This is a game where they, it's like, I see this one like 59 to seven, like one of those games. I think they win and cover possibly by a decent margin here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I I, th- I really do think that LSU is trying to get Jaden Daniels at least invited um, to sure. to New York, if, if not. Yeah, I, I don't think he can win it. Maybe they already have three losses, whatever, not his fault. But I think they do want him to be a Heisman finalist. I think they go out. I think they win. I think they cover. Um, give me LSU. Lay them the 31 points. I got 30 and a half for you. So that's a little bit Even better. better. Even better. Uh, the, the team total for LSU is 50 and a half. How does that sound to you? Is that, would, that, would you like that better? Or are you still just sticking with the 30 and a half? I'm going to stick with the 30 and a half. I, I'd like it. I don't, I don't mind that. Um, hmm. Yeah. I'll just stick with the 30 and a half. I, I don't really, I don't trust LSU's defense. <laughs> like, yeah. Like, well, I guess if I don't trust their defense, it's even a better reason to bet. The just go with the total. team total. I'm, I'm just throwing it out there. Uh, they've Let been me think about it. The last while. Let me think about it. I'll, I'll come back around. Okay. While you're thinking about it, I'll share mine. I have three plays this week. I'm taking Michigan minus 19 against Maryland. I, I feel like Michigan, they've, they're using this whole hardball thing yeah. to, to, I don't, it's bringing them together. And I think they're in full, just kill everyone mode. So I think Maryland's in trouble. Maryland has faded a bit down the stretch, by the way. So they're not very good at this point of the season. I think Michigan will easily win this game by three touchdowns. I'm taking Georgia minus 10 against Tennessee. I just trust Georgia a lot right now. Tennessee is a really solid team. Georgia is clearly better than them. Yeah. Georgia feels like a team without a hole right now. They just feel like they're good in every aspect of the game. Um, Carson Beck playing extremely well at quarterback. They got Brock Bowers back. Lad McConkey is out there just smoking dudes, and their defense yeah. is figuring it out. So Right. And then my third and final play, I'm taking the Illinois-Iowa under 31 iowa unders this year just feel like money um they hit every time yeah and illinois has a pretty good defense as well they put up a lot of points against indiana this last week so good for them iowa's defense i don't know if you've checked recently it is better than indiana's defense so i'll take the illinois iowa under 31 as my third and final play what did you make of the clemson being favored by six and a half um at home against north carolina did you see that I did. Uh, Clemson is a better team than North Carolina from a power are, standpoint. Are they? I think. Are so. they? Are we sure? That they're they've played a little bit better the last few weeks. Who beat Duke? North Carolina. You're. They did. I, the game is at Clemson too, which yeah, matters. They I have am, a good home field advantage. I understand. I. I get the line. I also get how you might feel like it. it's wrong. I, I, I'm not going to tell you you shouldn't play it. Um, okay. I, I'm not necessarily the person whose advice you should take on any of this. Okay. 24 and 28 on the season. So. Okay. All right. All right. But. Well, can, we give, can we give Clemson the credit, though? We didn't really talk about it. They came out and beat Georgia Tech, who's a good football team, by the way. Georgia, This is not yes. George, the Georgia Tech of years past. Um, Georgia Tech's pretty good, and they they doubled them up, 42-21. So, right. again, yeah. I, I watched a bit of um, there early. So, yeah, is their offense maybe finding something? Maybe. I don't know. They put up points against Notre Dame. That's tough to do. Notre Dame has a good defense. Yep. So, yeah, I 
I, I do see your point for like from a power rating standpoint and from an overall talent standpoint, I think you're, you're, you're correct. Uh, you're correct. I, I do think that, um, yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm probably getting a little bit, I think Drake may is for sure the better quarterback of the two. Oh yeah. And, for sure. and, and is that enough? Like he's yeah. To be that much of an underdog, I guess with still so much to play for, like Clemson doesn't have just a ton to play for, but North Carolina still does. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I like it. I don't, I don't love it. So I won't be, yeah, we'll just stay away from that one. One more I was going to just bring up. Are we going to do anything about the Washington, Oregon, Oregon state game, um, Washington, Oregon state, Oregon state favored by point and a half. Are we doing anything there? Like, let me, I want to double check my book and just see what my number is. Um, see what I can get it at, but that's tempting. Yeah. You can get Washington at plus one and a half. As an underdog yeah. here, like I don't hate that at all. Um, Oregon State, I really respect and like them a lot. I don't know. I, I think for me, like if I had to choose a side there, it would probably be Washington. But I, I don't agree. know. Is that what you were thinking? I agree. Yeah, the same way. I would have been leaning Washington um, as a point and a half underdog on the road. Yeah, I would have. I also thought about Iowa covering the three points at home. I know yeah. you already took you already took the under at 30 and a half, and I don't have a problem with that. Um, but yeah, does Iowa cover the three points? I, I thought about that. But then the Probably. problem is you have to you have to wait for Iowa to score a touchdown to cover those three points. And that's just a terrible, you know, 45 minutes or however long it takes them to, to score a touchdown. So right. Um, yeah. I'm going to just stay. I'm just going to hold with the LSU um, 31, well, 30 and a half, I guess. I'm not going to take the team total. That might be smarter. I'm not sure. I'm just going to stay with the, with the 30 and a half. That might be it for me, man. That might be it. <laughs> I'm I'm getting a little gun shy here these last couple of weeks. Fair enough. You, you don't like my... Uh... My Illinois, Iowa under 31. You're not going to join me on that one. No, I do. I do like that one. I do. I really do. It's just <laughs> like, okay. Illinois put up points last week, man. They really did. Yeah. They, I, I know you meant, you made the point that that Indiana's defense isn't really good. I understand that they, they scored 48. Um, like Iowa can only, Iowa could play half the season and not score 48 points. True. So yeah, like, <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. I I think I think that one could get a little that one could get a little interesting there. Um, and then they're always I mean, I always get the fear of a pick six, you know, oh, or a punt yeah. return touchdown. It's just awful when you have the under because it pretty much just dooms you. Um, so, yeah, I'll just stay away. But I do. I admire I admire someone that goes out and consistently bets the Iowa unders. That's <laughs> I respect. Have we have we gotten an update as far as what's going to happen with the Ferences? like? anything because we were on the whole was it the climb for 325 or whatever it was the point total that they had to get to you know to have brian keep his job and they're they're woefully behind they're not going to get it right it but sounds like, like brian is stepping down or something like i, I okay. don't know that we got a full actual definitive update but it does sound like brian ference will not be the offensive coordinator at iowa going forward so okay uh, yeah i don't know what mm-hmm. that means uh, there's still a non-zero chance, I think, that Kirk Ferentz decides to retire this offseason. Like, really? I, I probably not, but I, I think there is that slight possibility. I don't know what's going to happen. <laughs> the I've heard some. Didn't Mark Stoops go to Iowa? Yeah, that, that's the name that people always float. Which I think he would almost be 
he's almost better off just staying at Kentucky. I think their ceiling is just as high as Iowa's, and they probably have more reasonable expectations. Okay. Jonathan Smith is doing a great job at Oregon State. Fantastic job. And they are out in the cold. Oregon State is a program in the wilderness right now. I'm not saying he goes to Mississippi State. Maybe he, maybe AM wants to interview him. That dude would be excellent at either place. Yes. Yes, he would. Uh, that would be, that would be one of those names that half the fan base is like, who? And the yeah. people that know what's going on are like, like oh, that, that makes a lot of sense. He's a really good right. coach for sure. Yeah. Right. He he was the Oregon State quarterback back in the day, and I'm sure he would love to stick there at his alma mater. But oh. with them leaving the pack, with them no longer being a Power Five school going forward, and uh, it would be hard to fault the guy if he took a bigger job for sure. Well, like what's going to happen to those programs? Like oh, we really don't know what's going to happen to um to Oregon State or to Washington State. It, it's very it's it's not fair. Like if you're an Oregon State fan, that's garbage because that program stays at the same place. Like the the program itself doesn't get to pick up and move. You know, they just stay there. And right. it felt like everyone else just kind of shifted away, you know, around them. Right. Of course. Uh, I don't know. Like part of me thinks that they probably dominate the group of five programs like the next while. But even that you you just never know like if you're no longer in a power five conference all of a sudden you're losing players you're not recruiting nearly as well as you did before and yeah it's just rough to see that happen um we're used to seeing teams join power five conferences we're not so used to seeing teams basically get kicked out for all intents and purposes so that's a little rough to rough to see who uh, one more question who are well i don't know if it's one more question this might be a few more questions but who is the next guy to go down? Like Ooh. we've, we've seen a couple of guys go. I've mentioned Shane Beamer. I know you've been having none of that. Um, if they lose to Kentucky this week and then to Clemson and finish four and eight, I'm, I'm telling you that's coming, but yeah, what, whatever, who do you see as I know Andy Avalos at, at Boise state got the ax right. um, this past weekend. So that's one who's not done yet. That's like that. That's going to be. <laughs> That's a that's a good question. Zach Arnett was kind of the guy I've been I've been floating for a long time, and that already happened at Mississippi State. Mm-hmm. I think it depends on how much money Indiana has, like Ooh. Tom, if Tom Allen is fired or not. Yeah. Um. That yeah. That to me that just feels like it's dependent completely on on what they can muster together. Maybe he beats Purdue. Like maybe yeah. Like maybe he. They can't make a bowl game, but maybe they can finish. <laughs> decent i don't know like uh, yeah to me that that's more of a money question than anything else um i don't know like it doesn't make sense to me and i don't think it'll happen but is there any chance vanderbilt is just like oh we really thought we had something with clark lee and now we're going two and ten like i think that would be a little bit unfair but I guess maybe like if the donors are, are upset, like that there's always a possibility for, for schools that have decent amounts of money. There's always a possibility that the the big money donors get a little upset, even though sometimes those donors have unrealistic expectations. How about um, Pat Narduzzi at Pitt? (laughs) You know, they're they're two and eight. They're two and eight. Jonathan Smith at Pitt would be a lot scarier than Pat Narduzzi at Pitt. Oh, dude.
Yeah, shoot, Ashton. Dude, I'm a firm believer that mayor's a bigger job. You, you you froze on me a little bit there. Uh, what right when you started talking about Jonathan Smith? What what did you have to say there, Ashton? Jonathan Smith can I, I think he can even do better than Pitt. Like I think Jonathan yeah. Smith could. He's a Big Ten coach or an SEC coach. I really believe that that guy has done. I mean, where Oregon State was before he got there, and what they're doing consistently year after year right now is is impressive. They're not recruiting lights out. They're not but like they're excellent on the field. They're kind of like what Utah has been for a few years under, under Whittingham. Right. So yeah, I I'm, I'm, we agree on the Jonathan Smith. I, that guy, you hate to say it, but he does need to leave. Like he needs to go to a bigger job because that like, he can't stay there long-term. That's not going to work. You won't be able to recruit. You're not going to be able to keep up with facilities um, just from a money standpoint. So yeah, it's very unfortunate but he's he does need to go to greener pastures. Michigan the, State if, would maybe be a nice nice fit for him. Be a fantastic fit. That dude yeah. would be excellent at at Michigan State. Yep. Um, one game I wanted to talk about that we weren't we we didn't really mention in any of the breakdowns, but Colorado is going to Pullman to play Washington State, the other team that's going to get um, axed from from major college football, I guess. Um, co- what what is Colorado? They're four and six now, and we, like we were falling all over ourselves for them in September, and they're one and six in Pac-12 play. They've really struggled. Now they, they played decent against against Arizona last week and only lost on a, on a kind of a walk off field goal. We think Arizona's good, right? Mm-hmm. Colorado is has Dion done a good job? What like letter grade would you give him so far? He's done a good job. I give him a B. Like. Colorado is tough. Like that's a tough yeah. job. They they, right. they went one and eleven last year. They're four and six. They're probably going to finish with either four or five wins. They play Washington State and then Utah. They're probably not going bowling. Almost certainly not. But even if you end four and eight, that's a three game improvement, and you can't overstate the amount of excitement he's brought to that program. Sure. Uh, do you agree with me on B? Like it feels like a solid coaching job. Yeah, I, I do. I I don't know if I'd say B or not. It's it's definitely harder than what people thought. Like like that that's a yeah. harder that's a harder job than what I think everyone just anticipated. So what has surprised me is how he hasn't recruited well. Like he had a great buzz, right? And he was going to bring in his Louis, right? Like that was his whole thing. Like I'm going to kick you all you guys out and bring in like my guys. And his guys haven't been all of that. They really haven't, especially on the lines. Right. He's got some good hits through the portal. But where's where's the big name high school recruits that we kind of are expecting right now? And and this is with the updated like this is in a 16 team Big 12, which is where they're going. And it's where this class, the class of 24 will 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 end up in They're number 12 out of 16 in the in the Big 12 um, behind only they're Well, sorry, they're only ahead of BYU, Utah, Kansas State and Houston. Um, I, now they only have 10 commits. Like they have a lot of room open, but I did expect more. Like I would have, I would have expected, a, you know, a couple of big names to be committed already. Uh, it's all relative. Like, yeah, he's not recruiting. Like I think some people thought he would also, like, if you're looking at their class, they got four, uh, sorry, three, four stars. 
I that's more than Colorado ever gets. Like it's rare really? for them to get a single four star, quite frankly. So yeah, it's with with most things, it's a balance. Like no. Colorado is not going to the playoff like some of the casuals <laughs> out there who just jumped on the Colorado bandwagon. You remember that? At the beginning of the year. Like some people oh, yeah. were literally saying, I forget who it was. Somebody picked, yeah, the national title is going to be Georgia and Colorado. That was never realistic or anywhere close right. to it. But right. he is elevating the program above what they were. So the reason I give it as high as a B is not because it's not relative to what some of the re- ridiculous expectations were that's more relative to my expectations, which yeah, <laughs> they were quadrupled ranked. their win total from last year. Fair enough. They were ranked. Um, they were ranked 18 at one point this year. They yeah. ranked um, 18. Yeah. A long time ago, man, that felt like forever ago. We are getting to the end of this year fast. We have two regular season weeks left, man. Um, yep. That's sad. It is sad to think about. Okay. Well, I think we should wrap this up. It's been a been a long pod. It's been a good pod, by the way. Mississippi yeah. State, go ahead and hire Jamie Chadwell. Just, just saying. And uh, yeah, Ashton, you got any final thoughts before we wrap this up? Enjoy the last two weeks. We we would be killing for some of these games in in the middle of March sometime. Um, and enjoy these Saturdays. We only have two left. Couldn't have said it better myself. All right, thanks everybody for listening. Have a great week, and God bless you all.